The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's What's an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find Welcome to the Voices of search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about international SEO. Joining us is Lydia Infante, who is a senior international SEO lead at Rise at Seven, which is a search-first creative agency for people and brands who believe that brand marketing and search should work together. Yesterday, Lydia and I talked about the five non-technical factors for international SEO success. And today we're going to turn the page and talk about some of the technical international SEO things you need to consider. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Lydia Infante, Senior International SEO Lead at Rise at 7. Lydia, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hi. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked a lot about some of the non-technical factors, about understanding the non-technical factors of international SEO, understanding the nuances of the market you're moving to, some of the customers' buying behaviors, uh, the language changes, even down to special characters, all the things that you need to consider to make sure that when you're migrating a site or translating, your content really hums, really resonates with the market. It's not only the non-technical factors, it's not only the, the language that we need to consider, there's also some technical differences when you're internationalizing that you need to consider. Walk me through some of the major technical components of SEO internationalization. So one of the first things is, do you really want to go international? Many businesses just decide to go international without an actual strategy and plan behind it. You really need to investigate whether or not you can serve the market, whether or not there's demand for your product in that market. And I've seen some silly mistakes in which people have not really taken into account that a product might not be legal in that market. 
And it's not always the obvious stuff. For example, bubble gum is illegal in Singapore. So you would not be doing a great job if you want to... Bubble gum is illegal in Singapore? Absolutely illegal. <laughs> you get a... There's what about a, fresh breath? <laughs> sorry, you just got to brush your teeth, I guess. But yeah, there's a $1,000 fine in Singapore if you get caught with bubble gum and you cannot import it into the country. There are signs in the airport and everything telling you. Hilarious. So yeah, now you know that. I'm not sure if I would call that a technical factor, but yes, you need to understand the rules, regulations, and legalities of your products or services. Yes. So basically, ask yourself, do you really want to go international? Do you really want to target that market? Are you going to start with one market and grow bigger? Or do you just want to do a bit of a global thing? One of the main, main questions when it comes to international SEO is how do I structure my domain? Do I have country code TLDs? Do I use subdomains? Do I use subfolders? My main recommendation is, do you have traffic already? Do you have a live website already? If so, work with what you have. If you started with country code TLDs, continue with country code if you're doing a .com with subfolders, continue with subfolders. And unless you are being very successful with your subdomains, that might be the only occasion in which I would be recommending a migration, probably. Would depend, of course, in each market. But yeah, your domain structure is very relevant to you. But if you don't have a website and you need to choose your domain structure, well, there are many pros and cons to each situation, right? So it would come again down to knowing what your market wants. If you are very reliant on the French market or very reliant on markets where CCTLDs have a higher CTR, you're probably better off with a CCTLD structure. But if you're facing a market that's really competitive when it comes to authority and links, you're probably going to want to consolidate your authority through a directory type of structure. So you have to consider the legality of your products and services in a given market. You have to figure out how you're going to manage your domain, whether you're going to use your existing domain, whether you're coming up with another top-level domain. What are some of the other technical factors you need to consider? Well, the biggest, most famous one is hreflang. hreflang is there to tell Google that this page that they're about to serve the user is for that location and for that language, right? So we wouldn't want to be serving ENUS page to a British public if, as we mentioned yesterday, they were looking for pants that go under the trousers, not actually like that they were looking for knickers. What did we say? We were, yesterday we talked about the difference between pants and knickers. Yes. Trousers is the overgarment and... Pants is the undergarment. Did I get it right? Yeah, that's for British English. Yeah. And for us, it's underpants and pants, pants being the outer garment. Anyway, go on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's we don't want to generate that confusion in the user. It's fun for parties, but not so much when you're trying to shop. It's great for podcast content. <laughs> it is great for podcast content. Everything about international SEO at some point goes over the differences in US and UK English. So you might not need hreflang if your user is searching your products in Italian and your other website is in English or in Spanish. There's no chance that Google is going to serve the wrong landing page to the user. So you might be better off without the pain of technically implementing hreflang. But if you do need to implement hreflang, it's mostly going to be due to 
localization and territory specific pages, not just a matter of language, because uh, when it's a matter of language, you're more likely reaching the user and selecting the user through the way in which they're searching for you on Google or any other search engine. So that is a really interesting thing about hreflang that not everybody gets right. When it comes to hreflang, there's repeating don't do weird things with the country codes and the language codes. EU is not a recognized country code. It's not going to work. Just if you're in, when in doubt, going to Wikipedia or find some official sources of what are the right country and language codes and use them correctly. So don't make up your own countries. That's not going to work in terms of Google. Yes. And, you know, for those of us in the United States, Texas is not a country. <laughs> Does that happen on HRFLang in the U.S.? Only if you ask people in Texas. Sorry, everybody in Texas. I'm just making a joke. All right. Texas is a state in the United States for anybody that is not from here that has a lot of pride in the region. Catalonia and Spain, uh, you know, the, some tension mm -hmm. of whether it should be its own country or not. And so you might ask somebody in Texan if they would rather be in Texas or the United States and they would be a little confused. Anyway. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Let's go on. Oh, wow, I did not know. <laughs> That's really funny. So talk to me about some of the other things that you should avoid when you're doing international SEO. So one of the most painful experiences in the web are IP-based redirects. Please do not do that. They're an absolutely shit experience for your users. My phone is in Spanish. And I'm usually, I get sort of different versions of websites, whether I'm on the um, Wi-Fi or when I'm on my data, whether I access them from my phone or from my laptop. Some big media publishers, I just cannot access their English content because they keep redirecting me to the Spanish one. If I have search in English and I have clicked in an English snippet, I'm very probably able to read in English, and I am expecting to be reading that in English. So you're generating a lot of friction with an IP-based redirect. Okay, so IP-based redirects, generally a messy experience. Absolutely. Do not IP-based redirects. Nobody likes them. Do not IP-based redirect. It's just not something that works. Something that we also absolutely hate are automatic translations. So when you're doing automatic translations, 
you might run into some really weird stuff, such as there's this city, I think it's in Australia called Wellington. Mm -hmm. Wellington. Yeah. When translating from UK, automatically translating from UK English to German, we ended up with something that meant rain boots town because of the Wellington boots. <laughs> rain boots town from, okay, understood. Yeah, that's not ideal. You don't want to get that. You might also end up with like bad localizations, confusions between pants and knickers, or translations that just don't make sense. I've gotten way too many of those, especially support content, something that many companies don't really look after that much and do get automatic translations in there. And you kind of have to do some guesswork because the tutorial might say that you have to click on continue, but the button actually says next. They're not really translating, including the, the UI translations into those automatic translations. So again, it just shows that you're not really taking care of your user. I think the thing you need to consider is when you're going through the translation process, it's similar to when you're using Google Translate to talk to somebody in a foreign country, right? If you were going to translate something that someone said in Spanish, this happens to me all the time. We have a babysitter that, that speaks Spanish and I can understand what she says, but when she writes I have a hard time understanding, so I have to translate it, and it never makes any sense using Google Translate. You're doing that for your entire website. It just yes, doesn't work. Exactly. Have you picked up any Spanish, though? This is actually the same woman that was my babysitter when I was a kid. Her and her daughter are now the babysitter for my children, and so she taught me Spanish a long time ago. That was... That's adorable. It is. It's wonderful to have Martha around. Oh, that's adorable. But yeah, when it comes to showing your user that you don't care, another way to mess that up is by not knowing your user. Yesterday, we spoke about special characters. It is really important to not eliminate special characters from your forms. But on the technical side of things, the way that your website's encoding special characters is something that you really need to look at. Don't just put them out there because they might be looking differently in whether they're going on Firefox, whether your users are on Opera or on Chrome or the maybe three users that Internet Explorer has left around the world, they might be seeing those special characters. So the way that your website is going to be showing special characters really needs some air and thought behind it. So special characters, there's a technical component to dealing with them. And in general, we talked about that yesterday when we we're talking about some of the non-technical factors there is avoiding having special characters or being aware of them, but there's also a technical component to being able to manipulate the language. And this isn't just the enye in Spanish. Uh, this also is something that you have to think about when you're migrating to languages that are not using Roman characters. If you're writing something in Arabic or if you're writing something in Mandarin or Cantonese, the actual characters and the translation and how those characters render in the browser needs a technical solution as well. Yes. So if you're not careful on how you are encoding those in your website, you might be just showing the user a gibberish or a blank box. It's not only non-Roman characters, accents, for example, some different CMSs encode them as the letter and then afterwards the tick. So when it shows up in different parts of your website, it can be showing up all weird and basically just showing your user gibberish. So you really don't want to do that because it reduces trust and it just makes for a bad experience. So at the end of the day, 
when you're thinking about your technical execution for SEO, there's not only understanding the difference in terms of how you're migrating your site, whether you're using a top-level domain, how you're telling Google what language you're using. There are technical nuances when it comes down to manipulating the language. The last question I have for you is as you're thinking about going through this process and you've got all of the boots on the ground, you've got your team there ready to help you understand how to internationalize your content and you're going through the technical components, what resources should you be thinking about that are going to help you make sure that you nail the technical aspect of internationalization? So you're really going to need a development team that understands how to implement hreflang and how they're going to tackle special characters in different languages. You really need to have a bit of a chat, an SEO strategy behind your domain structure. What we mentioned before, are you going to go with subdirectories? Are you going to go with CCTLDs? You need to have boots on the ground, someone that understands the culture and the users and are going to prevent you from making big mistakes that are really going to cost you that international expansion. You need to have someone that's going to be able to localize that content, not just translate it. And definitely, definitely don't use automatic translations because that's just not going to work. It looks like a lot of work, but that's where agencies can really help you because you don't really need to bring in all these people into your team. You just need to have the right agency to support your international growth. I think it really is a question of how big is your business? How big do you want your team to be? You know, you can bring people in-house that are going to be able to be flexible and work on internationalizing in different countries. But at some point when you're constantly internationalizing, you might want boots on the ground in each individual country. And obviously that has its own budget consideration. That's where using agencies becomes even more attractive. Not only do they have the expertise, but they also have the people in the local markets to make sure that everything makes sense for the customers you're trying to reach. Lydia, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and walking us through some of the complexities, both non-technical and technical, when it comes to internationalization of content. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Lydia Infante, the Senior International SEO Lead at Rise at 7. If you're interested in contacting Lydia, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Lydia Infante M. That's L-I-D-I-A-I-N-F-A-N-T-E, the letter M. You can visit her personal website, which is Lydia-Infante.com, or you can visit her company's website, which is RiseAt7.com, all spelled out R-I-S-E-A-T. S-E-V-E-N.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing, insights in your podcast feed we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week so hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning all right that's it for today but until next time remember the answers are always in the data we